1: The Coaches Network, bringing the game together.
2: Hey guys, you're now listening to The Coaches Network podcast. A podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent and personal development. My name's Coach Yas and I'm a UEFA A licensed football coach, coach developer and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Right guys, welcome back to The Coaches Network Today I've got a very special guest with me today as part of our how-to series. We're going to be looking at stress, stress management and how to deal with it. Um, my guest today is Academy Nutritionist at Millwall, Jason Jackson. Good afternoon, bro. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, very well, sir. Very well. Thank you for having me uh, on your podcast. Looking forward to uh, getting into it with you. Brilliant. So Jason, you know,
2: just to get started off, you know, for those that don't know who you are and not familiar with any of your work, would you mind just going into a bit of
3: detail around who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are? sure sure um so yeah my, my uh, you know job titles and there's a you know a couple of them i've got my um fingers in a few pies uh but i'm academy nutritionist at Millwall football club so i work uh closely with uh, my man darren stern over there uh, the lead sports scientist um, i'm the director of nutrition at the advanced coaching academy and that's a, an evidence-based learning resource for personal trainers worldwide I'm Virgin Actives um icon trainer so there's only one of me at, at my level so the highest level in, in in the business. Um I've been a personal trainer for about 12 years 12 or so years. Um I consult for the NHS on obesity strategy so I run kind of in-house training for doctors on how to kind of deliver um you know an, an impactful message to patients within a very short time frame um, and then I lecture at St Mary's uh, and glasgow caledonian universities on fat loss and um, body composition assessment and you know what to kind of do with that information um, i've got a master's master of science in sport and exercise nutrition so laurent bannock was my supervisor my thesis was on um uh how training and nutrition can impact the the natural production of male testosterone and i suppose that's kind of really where. Um, I began to move more into stress management and, you know, cognitive performance, you know, off the back of looking at some of the kind of well-being uh, effects of, uh, you know, a healthy testosterone and hormonal profile. Brilliant.
2: Well, Jason, I just want to say thank you again for obviously being with me today um, to discuss, you know, what we're about to go into. And, you know, today's episode is going to be about stress. And I just want to start there really, you know, what, what is, what exactly is stress and how do we define that?
3: Okay, so before before we kind of get into um um stress, you know, if, if I may, I'd like to just kind of add some kind of context um and some kind of timely relevance. Um so these are obviously stressful times you know as this as this recording is um going ahead you know we're in tier four um you know new variants of covid etc so and i'm not going to talk about covid particularly because you know it's beyond uh, beyond my kind of understanding really but um these are stressful times and this has been reflected in um drinking habits alcohol consumption throughout the pandemic so up to 30 percent of the population uk population drinking more alcohol since the first lockdown started. And um, why that is relevant, I think, is because, you know, previous research has suggested that millennials, so, uh, you know, men and women aged between 24 and 39 struggle with stress management significantly more than previous generations. So they don't have the the tools necessarily, um, you know, to equip themselves to deal with, um, you know, stressful circumstances, you know, in in normal times, let alone a pandemic. So 5% of uh, females in their 30s and double that, 10% of men in their 30s, you know are considered to be in the highest risk of alcohol related harm uh, during the pandemic um, with the inability to deal with stress named as the most significant factor um, so that kind of adds a bit of context to what we're about to, to discuss um, and you know over the course of the next few minutes we'll you know we'll talk about what stress is and then hopefully put together some kind of like um, plans or solutions or techniques to be able to manage stress appropriately um, so with that in mind, uh, or, or with that kind of out of the way I'll, I'll attempt to answer your first question, which kind of, what is stress? I mean, stress is, uh, uh, you know, the stress system, adrenaline and cortisol are, you know, two hormones, uh, which, uh, you know, have kept us alive throughout, uh, evolution. Um, you know, and they're kind of designed, um, um, to keep us in a position of safety. So the stress system, as I would kind of explain it. As I mentioned, broke you know broken down loosely into two hormones, commonly known as adrenaline and cortisol. Uh, adrenaline is a you know very short-term, uh, powerful hormone, gives a very kind of dramatic effect uh you know on the individual um you know the sensation uh, a lot like you know when you're in a lift and it suddenly kind of drops and your stomach drops you know that's the adrenaline kicking in and um, cortisol um takes far longer to build within the body um and importantly takes longer to return to baseline and you know stimulates hunger along the way and um, so stress isn't um Contrary to popular opinion, you know, something that needs to be avoided at all costs, but it needs to be kind of managed appropriately. And, you know, if I get an opportunity to chat to you about this later, we'll talk about the kind of the stress curve and where we're at on the stress curve and how stress can be used to harness Uh, You know, stress can be harnessed to improve productivity and performance. Um, Stress, you know, is important for me and my work in that, you know, I look at the individual and my kind of mission statement, if you will, is to improve uh, a client or, you know, an athlete's uh, performance uh, in all aspects of their lives. So, you know, on the the training grounds, you know, on match day, um, you know, in the gym, but, you know, also... You know, if that's their if that's their job, but you know, in the office, you know, giving presentations, you know, their kind of well being and kind of outlook on life. So, managing stress is a very important part of that.
2: So, just on that, then, you know, talk there about those hormones there. Um, it's seen as the brain's way, obviously, you know, to keep us safe and out of danger. What can contribute to that sort of stress? You know, there's obviously different elements to that. And then, you know, as as we go through, I'm sure we're going to, you know, as you've touched on, look at ways in which we can help ourselves manage that stress. And even thinking about some of the context of that um, and how to apply it in different contexts. So just to kind of start with, you know, what are some of the contributing factors that can, you know, build towards that stress
3: <clears throat> okay, I mean, yeah, one of my kind of opening opening slides would be, uh, you know, about stress, you know, if we wanted to remove stress from our lives, you know, we would kind of, uh, you know, not pursue, uh, you know, an ambitious career or look to get promoted, you know, education, exams are stressful, uh, you know, living a lavish life um, or, you know, having money to kind of spend on your life and the relationships body image you know these are all things that add a certain level of stress to to our lives um you know should we avoid all those things no absolutely not um but in terms of you know your question how stress can um improve uh you know how we can use stress to kind of improve our our lives and our performance you know i'd like to refer you to um the stress curve by Yerkes and dodson um you know uh classical piece of research from 1908 that looks at um you know performance and how performance improves and deteriorates um according to the level of stress stimulus. So um you know if you take an exam or a pitch or something you know of of kind of note a stressful situation a certain level of stress will um heighten attention and interest you know improve focus and attention um, you know, and you'll find that, um, you know, almost like a sensation of, uh, you know, mild euphoria, reduced fatigue, improved concentration, you know, all these things, all these benefits happen, um, you know, when you've reached the right level of stress for that individual dealing with that task at that specific point, Um, you know, it's also kind of referred to as kind of flow or being in flow. Um, And this is kind of where we want to be, you know when we're undertaking a task, so I'm sure you'll be familiar you know when you're writing your thesis um you know you're approaching your deadline um you know time's against you, the pressure's on, the stress is on um you know there'll be times when you know you're really like cooking on gas and you know your 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 writing's coming together, you're very creative and um, you're able to focus on the idea you know this is where we want to be and this only comes from having a certain level of stress without any stress without any deadlines um you know performance low, apathy um you know lack of motivation or drive or real kind of vigor at a task However, Mm. too much stress and it begins to, you know, tick down the other side of uh, the performance curve um, and performance becomes compromised. So we're talking about things like impaired judgment, impaired memory, you know, flight of ideas. So we're now unable to focus on one, uh, one particular task, one idea, and, you know, we flip between things, um, insomnia, um, and all the kind of, you know, host of, um, negative connotations lack of sleep brings further down the the stress curve anxiety uh, depression mania phobia even and then right at the end um stress-induced psychosis and you know this could be uh you know what we would kind of think of as terms of you know burnout and you know one in 20 high flyers uh you know corporate Professionals you know burn out in their careers ahead of time uh, because they uh, you know are unable to to deal with uh, deal with the level of stress that they're under
2: mm. and you know just to kind of touch on that then you talked there about uh, you know stress can come in all in all short well, from all forms in all, in all directions in, in some aspects I think it's important just to highlight on that know that stress is something that can affect everyone um, but ultimately it's that management process and how, how we go about Doing that, which will obviously uh, dictate how much of an impact stress actually has on us, both positive or negative. So, just you know, just on that, then you know, would you mind before we start looking delving deeper into the management aspects of it, uh, go into some detail around maybe the negative elements of what stress can cause to us?
3: Okay, yeah, I mean, to answer that question, um, uh, I'm going to go with uh, you know an answer that's not without a certain level of controversy. Um, to humor me, but um you know the way genders respond to stress stressful situations is remarkably different you know on a physiological level um, you know in nat- in terms of natural selection, um, men are rewarded um, who um, whose adrenaline system kicks in readily and do not calm down so easily, so they maintain that sense of heightened uh vigilance females uh have the opposite response and um mothers or women um who are able to soothe themselves quickly um are able to um produce higher levels of oxytocin and the, the high levels of oxytocin um, help with mothers produce milk to feed their young so Women are designed from a, you know, evolutionary perspective to be able to calm down quickly after stressful situations, so they're able to kind of relax with their uh, children, their offspring. Men have the opposite effect. Um, so you have the, the the very kind of dramatic gender splits there, um, and then an individual, you know, you have to look at the kind of hormonal profile of an individual and how they respond. Um, you know i can talk about kind of testosterone and we can kind of link that to 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 stress and a stressful response or stressful situation that um the hormonal response the testosterone response different men have to uh you know uh, um, uh, a stressful situation or, or conflict can be very different So, in some men um They will respond to a threatening situation by testosterone levels will shoot up and they'll be kind of you know almost subconsciously um inclined to meet that threat head on so that's going to be their response that they're kind of driven to by their hormones to respond to that kind of that, that threat other men you know their testosterone levels will diminish in this encounter and they will take a more you know defensive um uh starts so, uh, you know approach so you you know you look at different kind of individuals and um you know you'll 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 see this kind of response to threat.
2: is this linked into the fight-or-flight stuff
3: yeah 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 t- totally so that's kind of what it is but you know the, uh fight-or-flight is kind of a, um is the surge of adrenaline so I, it, so it's not it's not exactly the same so the. the the surge of adrenaline that we associate with a fight or flight is where um, the adrenaline response um, causes us to draw um, the blood from, um, from our torsos and put them into our extremities, our arms and legs. Um, you know, digestive system ceases to function temporarily um, as we become primed, ready to fight or flight. So that's caused by um, adrenaline that kind of um, prepares us for that situation. Cortisol, which is a bit more um, subtle, um, you know, increases our appetite whilst our vigilance. We then begin to fuel ourselves ready for a fight or flight situation. So um, it's slightly different in that, you know, testosterone leads to kind of competitive, uh, aggressive, confrontational behavior. um, But different individuals will will respond to that differently um, and kind of going on a tangent and looking at kind of that response, that's why in environments, um, you know, in the city, um, you know, professions, you know, I would encourage, um, you know, a good mix of genders, male, female in the workplace, as well as different kind of ages, so you have a more balanced um, hormonal profile amongst the workforce, so you don't have these um, such dramatic swings in um you know temperament and atmosphere within a within a environment obviously that doesn't work uh in you know in football teams that are single gender but you know this is kind of what i'm talking about um you know in the kind of professional environment um so rather than just um thinking of stress as like a kind of universal thing or a binary thing you're either stressed or you're not stressed um you know, I'd encourage you to think of it as, um, you know, like a like a curve. So without any kind of stress in our lives, um, you know, our performance will, you know, be quite lackluster. You know, we'll we'll lack motivation to really achieve or do anything. Um, and it's when that that level of stress um, is intensified appropriately you know that's when um, you know our performance will increase to match those you know match the the demands um, and then you know people will be experiencing a sense of mild euphoria um reduce fatigue um, and it, you know an improved concentration as their skill set matches the level of stress that they're under at that given time um, it's only when that stress begins to um, you know exceed um, the capabilities of that individual at that time frame um, that, um, you know, there'll be some negative impacts of stress, you know, namely impaired judgment, impaired memory, um, flight of ideas. So, you know, the individual won't be able to concentrate on the project um, or task at hand and, you know, levels of insomnia and, you know, insomnia, lack of sleep, sleep deficiency, you know, brings with it uh, a host of um issues itself. Beyond that, you know, levels of anxiety, depression, mania, um, and phobia. Um, and then finally, um, you know, stress induced psychosis or, or, or burnout and studies will mm. show that, um, one in 20, um, high-flying professionals, high-performers, um, will burn out at some stage in their early careers. You know, they won't reach their, their potential um, because they were unable to deal with the amount of stress that was kind of placed um, upon them. Um, mm. So, you know, that's kind of looking at um, some of the, uh, you know, how, how we can kind of um, visualize stress as a kind of concept.
2: Sure. And, you know, obviously, you know, take you back a few minutes, you talk about stress being almost the, the product of external, external factors. So how closely, um, you know, would you mind going into a bit of detail around what the link is between stress and, I guess, anxiety in that respect?
3: Um, so I suppose the, the best way to look at it, um, to put it into kind of context of, uh, you know, what you do, is um, looking at a penalty kick so, um, you know, obviously I don't need to explain what this is, but, you know, you put the ball down on a, on a spot a certain distance away, which you all know, um, there's a goalie there and a goalie, you've got to kick the ball in the back of the net. So if you and I were, were doing that, um, uh, you know, kick around in our local park, this wouldn't be a stressful situation. All I've got to do is try and kick the ball in the back of the net, you know, you're there to stop it. You know, if you now take that same situation, kick the ball in the back of the net and put it on the world stage, um, you know, that's going to come with it, um, you know, extremely high level of stress for people like you and I who are uh, unused to that pressure. Um, But ultimately, it comes down to how you perceive that level of stress. So whether it's a challenge, um, you know, it's a demanding situation, but it's controllable. And I have the... um, the resources to deal with it to achieve it or whether it's like a threat um or you know de-stress distress um and that becomes or it's perceived as a demanding situation that i don't have the resources to cope with and uh it's accompanied with you know other kind of emotions such as defeat um and fear um so really it's about and it and it will be um You know, it's it's individual, so, you know, if you and I are going to take a penalty kick, uh, you know, on the world stage, we're going to find that a lot more stressful than, um, you know, Ronaldo or or Neymar, right? Because these guys are used to that, you know, they've dealt with that, they've rehearsed that situation many, many times, and they have um, supreme confidence in themselves to be able to um, deliver.
2: So just on that, then you know, you talked there about you know the players like yourself, you know, like you said, there, Ronaldo and Neymar, having exposed exposure to those situations time and time again almost. How you know, if we're now looking at athlete and you know talent development, how important is it then you know to identify or place that level of stress on them, and then how do we identify whether the stress is getting too much or is just the right amount? Because I think that's that's often the the challenge as coaches. We have um, you know if we if we're just looking at in that context, what's too much stress for the player? How, to, you know, how does stress present itself? Because as you said, everyone has different capabilities and you know manages these things in different <clears> ways. But is there is there some common indicators that we can look at and say, right, this person definitely looks like they're stressed or they're, they're under the right level of stress or maybe overstressed in that respect?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, where, whoever you're dealing with, uh, you know whoever you're responsible for um you know managing their kind of health and performance whether it be a, uh, an elite athlete or you know a personal training client um <clears throat> you know we need to be uh, aware that we're applying the correct amount of um, stress pressure to that individual Um, and this is why you know in kind of periodization models you would have a a planned deload week uh, where you kind of back off on the physical stress um, that you're placing on the individual so they're able to recoup you know you don't just redline uh, your athlete's engines indefinitely expecting performance to increase week after week after week after week you know that's not how the body works you know you do need to kind of back off on that level of stress and you could use a model similar to that um you know in terms of a, the amount of psychological stress that you place upon an upon an individual but in terms of what you'd be asking or what you'd be looking out for in an individual is you know how how they're feeling and it becomes quite um some of it becomes quite subjective, but you know, you look at the client's or the athlete's um, mood, their motivation, you know, their level of energy. Um, how's their sleep? How's their appetite? Um, you know, how's their libido? Potentially, you know, psychological factors that are going to kind of indicate the well-being or the health of the individual, um, as well as mm. um, you know their physical physical markers. On, on the pitch or on the track or in the gym. Um, but, you know, regardless of whether you're, um, you know, dealing with an athlete or, you know, um, a suit, um, some level of um, stress management training will produce greater results, um, greater physical results, greater um, heightened physical performance. And, you know, there's numerous studies that looked at, looked at that, whether it be, you know, gymnasts or golfers or whatever.
2: So just on that then, you're talking about they're going in cycles and phases. How do we identify whether the cycle is uh, either long enough or maybe too long? I mean, uh, but presumably if it's too long, then the performance will start to dip in some ways.
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, you you would, um, I don't know, you'd look at something like the Brunel. I mean, I'm kind of ad-libbing here, certainly. but You know, you'd look at using models like the Brunel Mood Scale um, and much in the same way you would would, would talk to an athlete uh, about their well-being you know you would have whoever you were talking to you'd be having these same conversations with them you know what's their mood like what's their energy like are they sleeping well how's their appetite how's their libido um if any of those factors uh begin to deteriorate and they will uh given um you know overexposure to the stress then that would be the time to kind of back off. So, you know, you would use a model like the Brunel Mood scale um, and apply that to the individual to kind of see where they're you know, where their head's at emotionally um, with the level of stress. Again, you know, with athletes, uh, you know, you're talking about physical stress and, you know, you, you could look at it in the same way. When performance begins to deteriorate, and it will, if you kind of keep redlining the engine, you know, that's the point that you need to, to um, back off a bit if you haven't already kind of planned that in within within the cycle so you know it's having a conversation with an individual so it's assessing their physical performance and then having a conversation with them regular conversations with them to see how they're you know how they're doing um you know mentally and emotionally
0: mm
2: you know, just talking there about this, you know, some of the differences uh, between people there in terms of the, I guess, the industries they're in. I'm just curious to know, is there any, uh, anything out there that talks to the levels of stress and I guess maybe some sort of links in relation to culture? You know, do different cultures experience more stress than others because of, because of, um, just any of the cultural aspects within their yeah you know, their cultures. Are, I'm just interested. In, is, is there anything out there like that? Or? Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I'm I'm sure there is. Uh, I can't um, I, I I can't uh, quote studies on that, but you know, anecdotally, um, you know where I you know where I work um, in the city or one of the places where I work in the city, you know, there's a very um, there's a, uh, you know, quite a significant difference in cultures between American and British law firms. Um, you know, within the city that, you know, the financial district of London, you know, if you take that out into the kind of the, the suburbs or, um, you know, surrounding counties of, um, you know, the UK, you know, the culture is going to be very kind of different. But, you know, if you work in an American law firm, you know, you're, you're rewarded, uh, financially but there is a you know a heightened level of pressure stress expectation demand um you know the culture you know the level of kind of i suppose aggression within within the role and it's whether people are gonna you know i suppose this is the question whether people um will adapt to that environment and um you know become fit into that you know, as in their behaviour will change to adapt to that, to mirror that, um, or whether it it actually attracts certain personality types in the first place. Um, and I would assume it's a bit of both. Uh, you know, anecdotally, you know, certain individuals are going to kind of expect. Uh, you know are going to gravitate towards those kind of um jobs and those kind of environments because they they thrive on that. And um, you know, again, anecdotally, um look at look at ourselves or you know, certainly speaking for myself, but you know, I, I quite enjoy um a bit of competition, a bit of challenge, um, and you know, I, I enjoy a certain level of kind of stress within my role. Mm. others you know other people you know do not like you know do not like that i mean i remember many years ago um you know i wanted to do try my hand at public speaking and um you know put together some you know content and uh, you know a speak talk and present it in front of people and um you know for me that was a very stressful um stressful situation to willingly put myself in um but it was something that i appreciated that you know i'm going to grow as an individual um you know and challenge myself as an individual to do that And you know you do that um time and time and time again and you become used to it you know your your heart doesn't beat so fast you know it's not quite so stressful and you know you become used to doing this but for some some people that you know i know that they absolutely would not do public speaking. You know, they're not going to want to do that. That is their, you know, worst nightmare. Um, so, you know, it just depends on, on, on the individual and whether they kind of thrive and, and enjoy stress or whether, you know, they really want to uh, avoid those kind of stressful encounters at all costs.
1: Definitely. You know,
2: just to kind of build on that, then, you know, so obviously, you know, once we find ourselves in situations that we're now, I guess, are feeling some stress and you know we're feeling you know under pressure whether that be from work work situations or you know just generally through life i guess what are some of the things that we can start to look towards in terms of helping us manage that and you know i'm sure there's you know there's 101 things that we could be doing um but i want to start with this one first you know how much of a link does your nutrition have on your levels of stress and you know is 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 there a way that nutrition can i guess um in some ways tone that stress down for you
3: um yeah i mean i suppose if we look at the reverse of that when we are so if we go back to the two hormones i mentioned at the beginning adrenaline and cortisol when we are experiencing Mm. low levels of stress you know within our job or our lives generally um levels of cortisol um build within our body Excuse me. Unlike um, adrenaline, that is a very kind of dramatic surge, Um, cortisol builds slowly, but the problem is it takes a while to dissipate. So when we have high levels of uh, or heightened levels of cortisol within our body, this also increases our appetite. because, you know, we feel like we are in a potentially um, dangerous environment, you know, even kind of subconsciously, um, and we are ne- going to need to kind of fuel or begin to fuel um, for when we need to take decisive action, you know, when we need to take a a fight or flight approach. So. Our appetite increases and, um, you know, and it makes perfect sense. And, you know, the studies will, will kind of sh- will show this, that we will begin to crave or desire high calorie foods. So, you know, we want to get a lot of calories into ourselves quickly. So it would it would be pretty illogical to crave like a salad or, you know, vegetables when stressed. Um know we want to get high amount of calories into our body you know high amount of fuel into our bodies bodies rapidly so um we will favor um snack foods we will favor um high fat foods high sugar foods um so our appetite um changes uh, alters when we are stressed um so that will kind of leads us on to um you know weight gain and and so on so one of the kind of byproducts of poor stress management um you know will be you know a, a excess weight or an increase in body weight um and um you know going back to i suppose the the kind of the, the intro point that i was talking about alcohol consumption um around stress um you know there are similar um behavioral, uh, changes around food and stress as I was just talking about. So neither of which are, um, you know, appropriate or recommended coping mechanisms for stress. You know, we need to find a different outlet for, um, you know, for, for when we're feeling like that, that's going to have a kind of positive impact on our, on our life.
2: Mm. So just kind of building into that, then, what, what are some of those things that we could be doing, um, and you know some of the more more importantly some of the things that we could be doing and implement straight away without causing too much uh, of a challenge because you know obviously you know shifting you know, you know presumably managing the stress uh, for someone who's maybe not been able to manage it so well at this point in time would be a challenge. Um, so I guess in some ways it's about making those uh, marginal or those minor adjustments rather than trying to go gung ho with it.
3: Yeah, um, I, I, you know I think advice we would give at this point. Would need to be very practical. It would need to be very kind of straightforward. Um, and I guess some of the things that I'd recommend um, would be, you know, we spoke about uh, corporate burnout um, and um, you know professionals being unable to kind of manage the 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 heightened, chronic, extended levels of stress that they're under. So one of my um, suggestions, especially around this time, would be switching off from work at some point. Because you know the kind of the boundaries are you know get blurred somewhat when we're working from home. People are probably working more now that they're not commuting. You know they just kind of roll out of bed, grab a coffee, and you know switch on the laptop, and you know off they go, and you know continue beyond the normal times they would switch off. So it is you know having breaks. You know even if it's you know on your on holidays or you know around Christmas or at some points over the weekends where, you know, people are not checking their, you know, emails on their phone, they're not on their laptop, so switching off from work. Um, and I guess you could kind of manage the, um, the media that you're consuming um, around stress. So the same with, you know, excessive, um, you know, looking at um, certain content will create heightened levels of body dissatisfaction. Know, the more you kind of um you know indulge or kind of immerse yourself in that um as well you know i guess things like um you know reading about the latest covid figures or you know if you spend too much time immersed in that um you know it's not going to be good for your mental health um and then at the same time i suppose um you know for people that experience experiencing a sense of loneliness we can leverage technology to stay connected um you know and you know some of the um means we have to do so um but you know regulating screen time so you know putting kind of limits on you know how much time we spend on social media you know on 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 our laptops and phones Um that's some of the kind of the, the tech stuff we could look at or some of the work stuff but you know even simple things um like getting some sunlight um being active, um, you know tier four um restrictions you know we're not um uh asked not to travel into work um unless we have to um so for some people you know they're spending um you know disproportionate or an excessive amount of time um in their house um and that is going to have a you know a negative impact on um you know their their general health their general well-being but also stress so by kind of getting outside particularly um in the morning um or you know around about lunchtime when there's peak um sun exposure um is going to be a good thing for them you know so not only will that sunlight um you know reset our biological clocks um you know help us kind of get to sleep later on, you know, later on in the day when we're supposed to sleep, um, and it will, you know, improve our well-being. to so being active. Um, so leaving your house, going for a walk around the block, um, and then taking the upper level, you know, exercising, you know, at least twice a week, um, improving sleep quality. Mm-hmm. And then more, I suppose, more, um, uh, challenging or skillful um, practices would be, you know, mindfulness, meditation, breathing techniques, things like that. Mm, just
2: on that then, Jason, you know, you talked there about the sunlight, um, and obviously getting out and doing some exercise and whatnot. What kind of time frames are, 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 should people be looking at trying to try and get that exposure to the sunlight and obviously that exercise element? And you know, that exercise piece is it, it to what to what extent should the intensity of that exercise actually be as well? Because that's another that'll be another I guess, a grey area for people that maybe aren't too sure of how much is enough. OK. It
3: um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not a grey area um, it, from, from the literature. Um, just an hour of exercise a week um, has been shown um, to reduce cases of depression in um, up to 10 percent of the population. Um, just 20 minutes a day of um exercise or increased activity has been shown to have some benefits and i suppose the the way you would kind of gauge that would be um moving excuse me moving enough or a kind of high enough intensity in inverted commas that you raise your you know your core temperature by a couple of degrees so we are not talking about um you know intense gung-ho exercise um but you know quite a quite I suppose a modest level of activity will be shown to have um benefits um so you know just kind of stepping outside of your house um taking a relatively brisk walk um for 20 minutes plus um will be in you know enough um to provide some benefits your kind of stress levels uh, and you know general well-being. Mm.
2: Brilliant. In terms of the exercise, you know, it, 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 you're just talking just any general activity that you could get on with, or is it more specifically cardiovascular? Yeah, it activity?
3: is cardiovascular. Well, I mean, you know, whatever exercise um, you enjoy, you know, down to your preference. So if you wanted to kind of lift weights and do uh, resistance training and you had the um you know the means to do that you know you had weights in your house for example um you know that, that that would be beneficial to those kind of individuals but um the studies will 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 suggest that aerobic exercise does have uh greater benefits um and that obviously makes it pretty easy for everyone you know you just step outside your house and go for a walk um uh, you know go for a walk or you know if you like riding your bike jump on your bike um so it's not a challenging prospect proposition um everyone can do it um you don't need specialist equipment or specialist training or specialist coaching um you know just I'm just encouraging people to be more active in their day to day lives
2: brilliant you know you talked there uh, you know in depth around some of the stuff that we can do obviously from a practical standpoint and then you know one of the things you mentioned you talked there about meditation you know um. Now, meditation. for A lot of people, when they think about meditation, they think, you know, Buddha, monks, and whatnot. But there's different elements of that. You know, would you mind just going into maybe what you it is? A, you know, particular practice of meditation that you um, you participate in and. Where potentially people can find out more. Okay,
3: I mean, I guess the best way to do that would be to download one of the the apps that are available, Calm or Headspace, and I'm sure I'm sure there are others. Um, and I guess it's just being still in inverted commas, um, you know, being present, um, you know, trying not to 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 think too much. Um, uh, you know, you can kind of concentrate on your breath. And a friend of mine gave me some good advice. Actually, I mean, it's challenging for everyone. So if you're uh, considering embarking on um, meditation or incorporating meditation within your life, you know, you should appreciate that. You know, it's a, it's a, a challenging skill um, that requires practice and you know, discipline to get good at it. Um, but a friend of mine said, you know, to start with, he did it for like a minute at a time so a minute a day he would get up and you know try and be still and you know try and clear his mind of um racing thoughts and that time frame you can you know extend to you know five minutes 10 minutes uh, i mean 20 minutes would be quite ambitious um so you know again we're not talking about um you know a high skilled activity that's going to take up a huge amount of your time so you know potentially what you and I have just discussed as a um stress um stress management techniques would be five minutes of um sitting still in the morning followed by a you know a 20 minute walk Right. So we're not talking about having to overhaul someone's, uh, you know, day to day activities. Um, so regardless of whether they have a um, you know stressful family or work life, you know, you should be able to incorporate some of these um, techniques within to your life to help you manage manage stress.
2: Sure, and no, no, certainly, and I think you know the key thing is as I touched in, many people who may be going through that are probably thinking, Well, I haven't got time to do XYZ, but not really understand actually, you don't really need to invest as much time as you might think you need to actually get some of these practices into your daily life. Um, as you put it there, you know what, you got five minutes sitting down and 20 minute exercise, you know, a day. What you know, that's what. Almost less than five percent. Yeah, the totally. Marines. I mean, the the, the, right. the
3: Norwegian study that I mentioned earlier um, was a huge study spanning a decade, featuring uh, you know eleven thousand participants. So a huge study. You know, one hour of exercise per week was all that was needed. So even if on uh, you know on a Sunday. Or you know at the weekend or whatever in the morning, you just took that hour you know that would be enough to um have some uh, tangible benefits in your in your life um it would probably be improved to kind of incorporate that on a daily basis um but you know like like, like we just said it 's not um huge amounts of time required
2: and just as you know just as we start to wind down then just delve deeper into that last, bit then is there a, a, a an optimal time where we maybe can implement that stuff into our day or into our week you know is it best doing it early morning when you know soon after we've woken up or in the middle of the day or...
3: um yeah so if we kind of pull all the uh all the variables together to try and you know create the the, the ultimate um time optimal rather time to do it um yeah i would say at some point in the morning I mean, you know, look at the seasons now. So it, you know, it takes a while before, um, you know, it's, well, I don't know what time sunrise is, but it's sometime after seven, seven a.m. Um, sunset begins to start getting dark about half three. So we have kind of limited time of sunlight exposure. The quality of sunlight, um, is better in the morning. So I would say at some point before 12 p.m., you would leave your house, um, be outside um, and get some kind of level of exercise and sunlight at the same time. Um, potentially, you could get out into the um, into the woods. Uh, you know, if you've heard of the term forest bathing, um, you know, being out uh, amongst nature has been shown to have to have um, tangible um, stress relieving properties, as well as, uh, you know, time, you know sp- uh, time spent around large bodies of water can be kind of relaxing for people. Um, but I guess the important thing is be active. You know, you don't even need to kind of um, change into your gym gear, right? You know, just get outside your house, um, you know, take a, a walk for 20 minutes plus uh, speed enough to kind of generate a bit of kind of heat from your core.
2: Okay, brilliant. So then you can, in some ways, you can kind of exactly, some birds yeah, stone obviously getting that exposure, sunlight, like, um, as well as you know, getting well, getting that twenty minutes or however long it is of exercise. get okay, you know, just just simplifying it, making it even easier for anyone that is struggling with that, just to kind of think about how they can fit that in their day. Right. So you know, kind of summarising, you know, you've you've initially started off by saying, you know, first and foremost, we need to be under some sort of stress in order to improve that performance we need to be able to manage that stress and you know one of the ways in which we would do that is obviously through exercise and identifying the right times and the right amounts of that exercise for each individual And obviously that that in itself can be a little bit of a journey in at times or for some people that journey might take longer than others to figure out um beyond that what are some of the some of the things that you would say are necessities or go to points in order to help manage
3: Um, okay so i would look at more um so i'd look at proactive approaches now which is you know always going to be the the ideal um and things like kind of visualization um and if you look at um um individuals um that are able to kind of practice this successfully you know positive imagery um you know it kind of reaps reaps re- rewards and um you know a kind of interesting study by uh walfolk um in 1985 i think that's his name um yeah Wolfolk. um looked at golfers and they kind of split the group up into a control that just kind of cracked on with taking their shots um, uh, positive imagery uh where the 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 players um visualized successfully making the putt and kind of negative imagery and you know as you'd expect um the guys that kind of were able to kind of mentally rehearse um the successful outcome um reaped far greater um success performance than either of the other groups so you know mental rehearsal um and you can kind of use that as kind of um desensitizing yourself to the threatening situation. So if you kind of rehearse um, the outcome, you know, under calm, controlled emotional conditions, you know, we learn to respond, uh, in desired ways. Um, so, you know, we've rehearsed, uh, that encounter, you know, in our heads and it's obviously gone the way we want, want it to in our minds. Um, so then we're able to kind of translate that into kind of, you know, imagination into kind of real world, uh, scenario, real world responses to those scenarios. Um, so yeah kind of um visualization mental rehearsals it's also called you know if we kind of uh imagine that kind of um situation and it playing out successfully so it could be you know me doing a podcast with you that might be uh a, you know a cause of stress or it might be a football player taking a you know a penalty penalty kick um because we need to kind of be able to reframe our our minds where. Um, you know, a situation may be, uh, stressful, you know, it might be kind of, uh, you know, a high stakes, um, encounter, but we want to kind of be able to position it. So it's, it's a challenge. So it may be demanding, but it's a controllable situation as opposed to like a threat or de-stress distress where we imagine it to be a demanding situation that we do not have the resources to cope with. And, you know, it'll be accompanied with senses of defeat Mm. and fear. So, you know, taking a penalty kick a footballers are going to be familiar with you know they've got to kick a ball in the back of the net the goal is there to stop it and um, you know when they're taking it you know as a kind of match winning uh situation or you know uh on the world stage it comes with you know enormous stresses but this is something that they are familiar with uh, and they have done many many times you've just got to kick the ball into the back of the net so it's about framing that situation and uh, potentially, you know, rehearsing that over and over and over and over again. So regardless of the external stresses, you know, you've just got to do the task um, that is demanding yet controllable. You know, it's within within your capabilities to, to deliver on that. So, you know, it becomes a, uh, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, you know, there are, as I mentioned, you know, there's, there's kind of literature to kind of support this.
2: Jason, you know, obviously you, know, you touch on, you know, um a few different management tips there and i think you know some of that will be very helpful some of the listeners and uh, hopefully information that they can pass on as well um but just you know if, if listeners did have any further questions beyond well more so specifically regarding what we've t- talked about today and beyond that um we're well, in- interested to know a bit more about your own work is there somewhere they can, uh, you know, get in touch with you to find out? Yeah, I guess,
3: the, I mean, all, all the research I do, um, you know, I, I like to kind of sum it up into kind of nice uh, uh, or handy bite-sized pieces on um, Instagram. So, you know, check me out on my Instagram, which is Jason Jackson jasonjacksonpt. Uh, that's my tag. Um, and, yeah, if you do have any specific questions, you know, just drop me a DM and, you know, I'll be happy to kind of um, delve into it a bit further with you